Cheers, man. Cheers. Happy for you to be here. Happy to be here. All right, so welcome to another episode of the Scratch Track. I don't know if it's another. This may be the first. Who knows? Dang. We'll see. <laughs> it may be. I don't know. I don't know what will happen. The we pressure gotta, just went from here to I, here. Man. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> we have uh, we have a lot. We have a lot to get into. So I just want to get right into it. But before that, um, make sure to follow us on Instagram, the Scratch Track Podcast, um, and on Facebook too, the pages Scratch Track Podcast. Also, we have a Gmail. So if you guys want to uh, email us and let us know who you want on here and what albums you want to discuss, that is the Scratch Track Pod at Gmail. That'll be on the bottom of your screen right now, and. Um, We'll get into that. So, I have with me a very, very special guest, um, one of my favorite local musicians around here, one of the best guys to have around, and uh, he is a jack of all trades and a master of all. Um, this is uh, Dr. Alfonso Vargas with me today, and um, we have uh, a short history of knowing each other, but feels like feels like many more feels years. Like forever. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. It feels like. It feels like I've known you for way longer than a, y- a year and a half. Absolutely! Wow, yeah. that's yeah, that's not <laughs> long at all. So we met, um, we met at our good friend Keith Schwier's his 39th birthday, and the first time I met you was when we did uh, Hunger Strike together. Absolutely, that was the first. Yeah. That was our first official meeting. Yes, yeah, yeah. I tried to talk you into doing the Chris Cornell parts. That did not go over well. We uh, <laughs> no. we went right into it, but yeah. So so there's a lot of. Uh, so you are the you are half of Sweet Lick. Mm-hmm. You're the singer, rhythm guitar player for Sweet Lick. Um, and a lot of people don't know this, but Alfonso also works during the day. He's not just a musician like me. Um, and we're going to get into that and his uh, his life story, his background, his upbringing, his musical early musical influences and stuff like that. Because I feel like a lot of people that come out to see Sweet Lick, they don't really know that side of you sure. so i feel like it's kind of cool to sort of bridge the gap and see um you know where where you've come from and what you do while you're not jumping on bars and shredding and snapping <laughs> strings and screaming you know i mean it's always it's always great to see the the stories behind the the musicians i think so um so where were you born to start with that okay so i was born in uh bogota colombia so okay in south america um, way back in 1973. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Bogota, Colombia. My, so my parents are both Colombian. And All right. Yeah. So you got 20 years on me. It's <laughs> a lot. Um, I didn't know that until just now, actually. Uh, so, okay. So, so you're, you, um, you speak fluently still, right? I see. Uh, yeah. 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 So I speak yeah. uh, fluent Spanish. Um, uh, my wife is South American as well. Yes. We speak Spanish at Where home. Where's she from again? Uh, Betsy's from Venezuela. Venezuela. So that's right. Venezuela. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I you do songs in Spanish sometimes too, don't you? Yeah, actually, um, uh, with Keith, we've we occasionally done yeah. a, a couple of Spanish songs. Yeah, um, but uh, which he just m- magically improvises on. He he will <laughs> never have heard this song. I'll just kind of give him a a, yeah. a few measures, and all of a sudden he's yep. playing the solo, and I'm like, God, I don't know what just happened. We're in immediately. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll throw in some Spanish rock songs and. Um, in my earlier bands, when I was playing in bands in New Orleans and stuff, we would throw in Spanish rock songs into mm-hmm. our set just to kind of cater to that uh, to, yeah. a, to a Latino audience uh, right. that wanted to listen to some rock in, in Spanish. So yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know any. I know another guy in, in around the area that he's. Uh, I don't know if he's. He might be fluent. He mm-hmm. might be officially bilingual, mm-hmm. but. Um, he does songs in Spanish. He might have just memorized the song. I'm not sure. We're going to have him on at some point. So, uh, Justin, if I'm misrepresenting you, I'm sorry, man. Uh, but 
So from, did you play, or how long were you in Colombia? It's actually not very long. Okay. So uh, when I was two years old, my family moved to Florida. So we moved here to St. Pete. Mm -hmm. um, so that would have been 1975. Wow, okay. uh, I grew up here. So we, we were here in St. Pete for 10 years, um, all the way through fifth grade for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, I was just living in St. Pete. Uh, that's In that time, though, that's when I first actually started to play music. Okay. Um, so, you know, like most kids, you know, my, my mom kind of forced me to play an instrument. So, uh, she started with piano, she yep. picked piano. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had my piano teacher. Her name was Miss Rice. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it was Wednesday afternoons. I'd go see Miss Rice and, uh, it was like the Suzuki method for, for piano. Okay. Um, so I was in piano. My brother was in violin. He's mm -hmm. two years younger than me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that went on, you know, I, I probably started piano when I was five years old. Okay. And, uh, that went on for about 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So, so do you do you still have like an understanding for it? I, understanding, yes. Ability, yeah. Not at all. So it's just yeah. been too long. I did like yeah. middle school band and like did the whatever the bells and the xylophone. <laughs> yeah. So I can look at it and know what notes are what yeah. and where. But I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't That's kind of how doing. I feel with the piano. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I hardly know what I'm doing with the guitar <laughs> half the time. I oh. just go. I just whatever. go number. I go numbers. <laughs> I was like, can you hit the three? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really know. So. um so when did you start? Because what you do with Sweet Lick is the, obviously the rhythm guitar and the singing. So when did that? When did you start learning that? And how did you learn that way? Because I, when I was talking to my dad, he was explaining to me that because I grew up fortunately with YouTube and guitar tabs, and like I, I didn't have anything ever written down that I would study to learn. Yeah. So how did you learn how to play in the beginning? That's like I guess that's really interesting about how generationally there there is a difference absolutely there's yeah. a difference uh, uh, of how i had to come about new music or how i discovered new music versus how you can now it's, it's definitely much easier um you know for me it was uh having to spend nights you know awake Mm -hmm. uh, for radio stations to play the songs that I kind of wanted to hear. Oh, so here okay. locally, uh, Q105 used to do this thing called Top 5 at 9, and they would okay. play the top five songs at 9, and I'd sit there with my fingers ready to record, and I would just record kind of the top five songs each night yeah. and listen. And um, there was uh, one of those nights where Def Leppard... Uh, photograph mm. uh, was on the radio and I can't remember if it was, it was top five or it just played and I happened to record it but uh, when I heard photograph there was just something that connected with me about that song just um, not so much lyrically because I, I you know I was probably 10 12 I can't remember I was little but um, there was something about the way that song sounded yeah that was just so different to me I and, agree. and I think you know the the way the the gang vocals sounded the, mm -hmm. the, there was just so much layering yes um the guitar just blew me away and, and just kind of yeah. listening to that intro yeah. lick that he that, that Phil Collins plays and then yes. and then the solo and then the other thing that I really loved was the kind of that clean progression over the chorus where he's just kind of finger picking on a clean right. guitar over right. the chorus there were just so many things about that song that I was just that just blew me away and then I saw the video. And when I saw the video, I'm like, yeah. I am this playing the wrong it. instrument. Yeah, there is, no, there's no piano, and uh, there's no piano in this song. All right, so clearly, I am, I, I have no place in yeah. this genre of music, um, which is mistaken. But that was just my impression. Right. Um, right. And you see, you know, this image of Phil Collin with no shirt on. Yeah. All these girls, you know, fucking and washboard he's just abs. Like, oh, yeah. All his abs, which he still yeah. has, yeah, by yeah, the know, way, and it just pisses me off. <laughs> um, and so he's wailing away on his guitar. 
And you're just like, dude, I need to be doing that. Right. Like right. immediately. It's that's like, what the ladies are looking <laughs> yeah, at. Yeah, that's what they're looking yeah. at. <laughs> this is this is how it happens. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't happening with the piano. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, honestly, there was just something about that song and the way it sounded and what it did for me as far as I just wanted to hear it over and mm. over and over. Mm. And, and I just never got sick of it. Um, but it, it was enough uh, to make me just want to change instruments and yeah. say, hey, you know what? The piano doesn't ever make me feel the way this song just did right it just right. has not done That's it interesting so it's a, it was a feel it was you. a feel it yeah. was a feel it's like where's yeah. the guitar mm-hmm. i when i heard that lick i mm-hmm. what i felt inside oh yeah i was like i want to get that feeling again and again and again yeah it's such a it, it's so weird to me too because i didn't i always wanted to play guitar but i never had one i never knew how to do it i never had the right teachers and I, I never learned i never took a lesson ever i just looked I just looked at videos on YouTube because I was playing drums and I was like, man, I want to be out there though. I want to <laughs> yeah. like, I want to do that. And like, eventually I got to that point, but like now it's like grass is always greener. Like I now I want to go back and start playing the drums again, but I, I still do. And you know, little tiny, uh, segments of my life, but I don't ever like play with bands anymore. The drums, but it was, it was the same thing with me. It was a feel. It was like, I, I feel, a, I, it, it's still like passion, but I feel a different way when I play the drums and when I play guitar. Like I feel in, I'm in two different mindsets. Mm-hmm. Where so I yeah I can yeah. Add that that makes sense to me. What was the fir- what was the first guitar that you had? Do you remember what it was? Yeah. So actually, once once I kind of made that decision that you know I I, I want to play guitar. At that point, my family was moving back to Colombia because I remember we were back in South America at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and, uh, so I must've been about 11 or 12. Okay. And, uh, I, at that point I told my mom, I don't want to play piano anymore. I want to learn guitar. And they happened to have a family friend mm-hmm. whose son was a professional musician and he played mm-hmm. a lot of stringed instruments. Like he played guitar. He played, um, there's like a Spanish version of a 12 string guitar, but it's actually three, uh, it's yeah. a four string guitar, yeah. but it's got three of each. The bandolim, is that what it it's, is? It's called a tiple in oh, Colombia, but it's kind of okay. like a mandolin, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he played a quattro, which is yeah. almost like a little ukulele. So okay. it's tuned a little different. Okay. Um, God, so they called so him. Jesus. Yeah. There's all, so the, so his particular <laughs> style of music though was not what I wanted, and that's kind of like so mm-hmm. they because they knew him and because he was a guitar teacher, mm-hmm. uh, they hired him to come teach me. Um, he actually gave me one of his old guitars, and um, so it was an acoustic six string nylon nylon mm-hmm. string guitar mm-hmm. um but my favorite feature of that guitar was that it had a sound hole and then it had this other hole up here that was not intent it was not an intentional hole <laughs> it was not there when they built the guitar at some point somebody must have smashed that yeah, thing right or, or just you know couldn't get that photograph oh, lick right yeah exactly or, or, or time something something <laughs> happened but there was a there was definitely a hole in the guitar that wasn't supposed to be there but anyway, so I'm like, I guess, you know, I'll learn on this. So uh, I took some lessons. But again, it's um, – <coughs> and this is where it goes down to feel. I, I took lessons from him for very a very short period of time. It, mm-hmm. it was probably only a few months because – and that goes to the genre that he was trying to teach me. He was trying to teach me a little bit, uh, you know, technique and, mm-hmm. and a little bit of guitar theory. Right. Um, but then the music he was using wasn't the music that connected with me. Yeah. So it made my lessons so – Super yeah. boring. Yeah. Um, I, I was not getting the feel I wanted. Right. And I, I, by nature, I'm very impatient. Right. I'm very much, uh, I'm learning guitar today. By next week, I want to be playing gigs kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, exactly. And that was not happening. Right. So it, 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 it f- for those two months that I was in, in my lessons with him, I just never felt what I, what I thought I was supposed to feel. So I kind of gave up lessons and just right. from there went more your that, route, which is yeah, more self-teaching. That was my thing in the beginning. They're like, it, my advice that was given by not only professional guitar players that like I followed, 
um, that would that I just see interviews of, but also friends of mine that would be like, if you want to do what you are telling me you want to do, don't take like a lesson because you're going to be like, all right, next up is Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> yeah, you guys fucking yeah. ready to rock, you know? <laughs> yeah. And not the uh, yeah. not the uh, for sure the Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. version that he yeah. that he rips on, like yeah. you know, Jingle Bells. Everybody, ri-? yeah, like it's yeah. little one string things. Yeah. Like, yeah, so they were like, just look at. I just I did Marty Schwartz guitarjams.com a little yeah. uh you know I mean he every everything that I wanted to learn how to do was was in there and I never I never did it I never played out anywhere I just like I was just locked in my room just would stare at the screen and just watch over and over and over again like finger placement and what like major chords and I would practice like a b c d e f g like mm-hmm. switches mm-hmm. and it would just that was it and then I was like okay I can I think I can I think I know enough to fake it now yeah you know so and then came the minor stuff and then like the you know the different bar chords and the you know uh, suspendeds and diminished and all, all those that I would like accidentally doing but then like to understand what it was was like a totally different uh, totally different thing. I'm still learning every day now. I mean, like when I when I would play with Keith or go in the studio with Steve, and they say, "What are you doing there? Is that a is that a, you know a suspended four? And I was like, "You tell me." I was like, like <laughs> "I don't know." My put my I, pinky yeah, here. Was, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll show you what number it is. I have no idea. I never no, have any you, idea. You and I are on that same page. Though, yeah, because it's uh, uh, I I you are way more gifted guitar player than myself, but um, I I think you know the passion was there. I I wanted to learn. But the way it was being delivered to me was mm-hmm. not what I kind of had envisioned. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started to take it upon myself, and it took a lo- it took a long time. So after that, we we did move back um, to the United States, and at that point, we were in New Orleans, and this is when I was now fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we moved to New Orleans, um, I tried the lesson thing again, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, my, my mom really wanted me to learn classical guitar. She's like, well, mm-hmm. if you're going to learn guitar, yeah. you're not going to learn what all these, you know, long yeah. hair, fucking tattooed hippies <laughs> yeah, are playing. Right. Let's all learn some, cla- <laughs> let's learn some classical guitar. <laughs> all these fornicators. <laughs> yeah. No way. And, and, but so the same thing happened. It yeah. was, it so was, back um, to the... sit down. And mm-hmm. I remember my first lesson, it was just shocking because at this point I'd already started to play guitar. I knew a little bit and mm-hmm. it was, I wasn't kind of coming completely fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat down for my first lesson, and I remember he's like, well, did you bring your foot pedal? I'm like, foot pedal? Because you got to position your foot up for classical guitar. Your, your knee's got to be up on a pedal. So what? you actually carry on this little pedal. You put your foot up. <laughs> you position your guitar on this leg, not this one. So you're like on this leg. Sometimes it's on this leg. Like for, for, so it's on this leg. And then for the whole first lesson, he had me hold my left hand behind my back. And he said, now take your right hand, and you're just going to – we're going to practice our, our, our finger movements, and you're going to say peanut butter crackers and just kind of go peanut butter crackers, peanut butter, and you go up and down on the strings. What the And fuck? I'm like, this is, bro, this is this like is not so what I, weird. I'm, I'm not going to show up at a party Friday and play peanut butter crackers <laughs> yeah. with my foot on a pedal and my hand behind my back because everybody's going to leave the room. You know? Oh, so, my God. And, and again, that was just impatient me. <laughs> So that lasted even less than the first teacher. Uh, so that was I, I. I literally did that for about a month, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I, I. So at that point, I just really resorted to learning on my own. Yeah. And then learning from guitar players that I knew that played mm-hmm. the stuff that I actually wanted mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. That's such a bonus to have too. Yeah. Like people that you can just talk to and be like, Hey, do you have a second? <laughs> can you teach me this? <laughs> like little stuff like that. Because I'm always like that too. Because like there's there's tabs still to this day that I see. 
that are the highest rated tabs on like guitar tabs, and they don't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, there's no way that this is right. <laughs> yeah. Someone, some idiot is just like, it's right. I promise. Yeah. I looked. At, I looked at the book. Like, it's not though. Like, it, there's a certain way. Like, there's always there. You can always tell when a guitar player tabs it and when a singer tabs it because mm-hmm. a singer will tab it when the change is made over top of the word. And right, then they're the, following the, like the vocal right, timing, right? And, and yeah. the guitar player would just be like, it, it, "It'll say like, you'll figure it out." And like, no, I, I can't. I need help. <laughs> help me, please. So, I, yeah, I'm the same way with like the whole technicality stuff. Like, I was not a theorist. Uh-huh. I don't have a theory background. I was in like middle school band was like the only thing. And like with then with that, I would just memorize what I needed to play. So like for concerts and stuff like that, when we would do it. I had everything memorized. I could turn the sheet over, and I wouldn't even need to look. You, you didn't need it, yeah. Because it was just, yeah. that was just what I did every yeah. single day. I was like, I'm not looking at any of this. And then my teacher's like, wow, you did great. I'm like, yeah, I, I literally stared at this thing for six hours last night, and I was like, how do I fake this? <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. I, yeah. And then I had a tryout for like a, she was like, oh, man, you did so well. I wanted I want to try you out for the all-county band. I was like, great. And then they were like, okay. The, the last piece was like an, uh, a piece that I had to sight read and hadn't seen. I was like, you guys are going to love this. <laughs> She was so pissed. <laughs> she was like, I, I was like, I wasn't kidding when I told you I wasn't yeah. reading this. She, I, I sometimes I just get lucky and then, you know, but. Um, but it's always kind of funny how, yeah. and, and it doesn't just apply to music. I think a lot of times people just want you to fit in a, a normal mold mm-hmm. just because it's easier that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easier that way. It's easier to understand. It's easier to teach that yep. way. Yeah. But I think for, for, you know, art, like, you know, music, uh, visual arts, whatever. I it's I just don't believe in constraining it. It's I really not do a, think yeah. It's not a one and a zero. Right. That's what it's, I always it's say. Not, and it's more about yeah. expressing your own individuality. Yeah. Um. And your own creativity and your exactly. own process. Mm-hmm. Um. Because oftentimes I think and and I can think of guitar players and we're going to talk about one in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um. But who, uh, zone themselves in just on on theory and technique and they're phenomenal guitar players, but there's no soul to what they're playing and there's no soul to Mm -hmm. to their music. And it doesn't move you Mm -hmm. the way other guitarists who don't play necessarily with the best technique or, or are the fastest, but they just hit all the right notes and it's coming from the heart. It's coming from the soul and you cannot teach that shit. No, no, you you can't just happen. Yeah. You can't teach heart and passion and things like that. It's like, just like you can't teach, you know, you can't teach hustle in sports. You either want it or you don't, you know, and these, some of these guys are, you know the grinders that play all the time and just eventually develop their own style and and uh, and and format and feel and little tendencies that they have or you know that's that's their personal touch it doesn't mean they're doing it theoretically the wrong way it's just always how i always appreciate something that sounds different but like um, different today but still correct you know what i mean it, it like it can be it can be out of this world like what the fuck like what is going on but if he's doing it if you can tell there's a genuine like from the heart uh drive of, and love for that music then i don't really like get caught up in the whole theoretical nonsense and no. that like i mean it's obviously helpful because then you have a general sense of what vocabulary to use in the studio which i do not have <laughs> yeah. and but I, it's just it i just always feel like heart over everything is is what is the most important for me like i have mad respect for like those prog rock you know musicians like the yeah. like the vise and the satrianis and those guys are insane players absolutely but it's just not me it's yeah. just not i don't i don't listen to it and go like man that's you know that's my favorite song i just i don't i got it's just a, it's a weird it's just a little bit different for me just because i resonate so much with the like we'll talk about this in a second too is the, the lyrics and the story 
are always, to me, the most important thing in a song. And then everything else kind of comes after that because there's only so much, I feel like there's only so much you can do with a song. There's only 12 notes in an octave. That's it. So the fact that there's that and all songs ever have used only those, I mean, there's millions and millions and millions of words to use to string together and melodies like can go all over the place. But there's only so much you can do musically. And I feel like there's way more to offer someone with like with a story like a a true passion like something like that but i mean you know if you think the other way then it's fine i don't care i'm not gonna get mad at you we can still be friends that's just my opinion but yeah i i i agree with that though with the whole the it's unteachable it's yeah, an unteachable it, it, no, thing. it is. It is, and I think, but that goes to the subjectivity of, of, of art, right, of, mm-hmm. uh, of music as well. Uh, there are people that will listen to, like, an Yngwie Malmsteen and just be like, wow, that's, I, yeah. I'll listen to it go like, wow, that, that's, what he played is really hard. Yes. And it takes a lot of practice, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe not a whole lot of people on the planet can do it. Yeah. But will I listen to it again? No. No. I don't want to. It, it did nothing for me. Right. 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 So, uh, so yeah, for sure. And, and that's, again, my opinion. That's how, yeah. uh, how, how I got started in guitar was mm. based on feel. And, right. and to me, the most important thing is how does a song make me feel? Yeah. Uh, and then for you as a songwriter, yeah. it's conveying a feeling. Right. Right. Can you, because you know how you felt when you wrote the song. Mm-hmm. Does the person hearing the song mm-hmm. get that same sort of vibe? Are you actually mm-hmm. conveying that feeling and are they... Right. Uh, than reacting to that. Yes. And, and that's really hard. Yeah. And so I'm going to just sidebar real quick and then we'll get back into you. But, I, but speaking of, of that, the whole the getting into the mindset of doing that in the studio is one thing because I, when I go into the studio, I'm happy. I'm pumped up. Like I'm so thrilled that I'm like able to create in a space like this, but I can't do vocals like that because I have to be in the, I have to remember and think of like the same shit that was going on when I was writing this and I have to get back to that moment. So I was recording a vocal track. I don't know if Keith told you this story or not, but I was recording a vocal track, and Kelly was with us. Um, and I went into the, the, the back to do, it, to do a scratch track, and I went in the back to do it, and I turned the lights off in the room because I need to be in that same, like, this is, what, this is how I wrote it. I wrote it in a dark room, crying, staring at the ceiling, uh-huh. like, remembering, like, you know, fuck you, you know, like, all that. I, so when I'm singing it, I have to be in that same mindset so then the tech that works there at the studio comes in the booth he's like why do you turn the light off in there and then kelly's like it's a feel it's all about the totally ruin the mood right right. yeah (laughs) like it's about the feel but that guy is a is a prog rocker so he doesn't doesn't know like that's it's a different page of the it's the same book it's just a different page absolutely you know so it's 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 so weird to me how it's always it's always determined on what resonates with you and you're not wrong for like something speaking to you a certain way like i'm just not a fan of certain music i hate new country i mm-hmm. think it's i think it's abhorrent mm-hmm. i want to throw up when i hear it and it's bad yeah. but there's other types of music in that same genre that sometimes can surprise me so it's not you're not always all wrong and all right with this with how you feel but it's just you uh, you gravitate to certain things in certain times because you I mean, you don't know what's going to hit you the right way or the wrong way until you actually hear it. That's the beauty of art. Like, you can read lyrics of a song and be like, yeah, and then hear the music behind it and then go, wow, this is totally different now, you know? So, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, we're not, we went totally off, off track, <laughs> off schedule. This is what happens. This is what happens when you have people in here that you haven't really got a chance to, because we haven't really had a chance to, like, sit down and, like, really, like, 
get into it with right. like music and stuff like that. So right. like I know a little I know a little bit about your life, but I don't know a lot. So the next thing I want to ask you about because I know I know this because of what you've said to me in passing, but I don't know really a lot about it. So you are a veteran. Mm-hmm. Are you, you're not you're it was Air Force, yes? I was in the Air Force. Okay. Uh and when did you enlist? When were so, you when did you go in? Uh so actually this was 2001. Um, oh really? We were up in. Uh, I was uh, in residency, so I had finished medical school. Okay. I was in my pediatric training, so we were up in Albany, New York, and uh, my wife and I had been married at this point for like uh, five years. So we'd, okay. we'd been married four or five years at okay. this point, and um, we had kind of always talked about how she wanted to be. She's a school teacher by trade, um, but she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and we mm-hmm. kind of talked about that. And on a resident salary, that just kind of wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. I had just even backtracking a little bit when mm-hmm. I was growing up here in St. Pete. Mm-hmm. I loved going to McDill Air Force Base. I like oh, yeah. there was something yeah. I loved about the Air Force, about mm-hmm. the military, about you know the decorum, the uniforms, the guns, the helicopters. I just loved all that, and we yeah. used to play war all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I I'd always kind of had that in the back of my mind, and even before medical school, I had reached out to the Navy and the Air Force about mm-hmm. you know programs that they had for mm-hmm. for health professionals. Um, but then fast forward to when we're in Albany. My wife and I are talking about this, and uh, we'd been married, like I said, four years at this point. Um, she gets she got pregnant with our with our first son, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about it. And she said, you know, really, I, I, I do. It's my dream to be kind of a stay at home mom. I don't want to yeah. go back to work, go back to teaching yeah. uh, for at least a few years. I want to be with the baby. Yeah, right. um, and right. and uh, I feel like that's my job. And I 100 percent supported that. Mm-hmm. And I told her, well. You know, I've I've been thinking about joining the military in the past. Mm-hmm. I think in order for us to achieve this goal and have the, yeah have mm-hmm. the have the money that we need in yeah. order for me to pay back some student loans and mm-hmm. and then have money to you know live and eat right. and stuff. <laughs> so you weren't you didn't you know, enlist until you were already done. I was with already med school? done. I was already done with medical school. So I thought it was the other way around. Okay, so, that, no, so, so I was we're done. learning. <laughs> yeah, we're learning. So, no, I was actually already done. So I was. Uh, First year residency, so they have a program mm-hmm. uh, where they bring in physicians, and it's uh, uh, you basically sign on the dotted line and yep. agree that once you're done with your training, mm-hmm. you are theirs for X amount of time. So right. for me, uh, my commitment to the Air Force was uh, four years after my training. So okay. um, I, I basically uh, started all the paperwork early in 2001, mm-hmm. um, and then 9-11 happened. And I, at this Ish. point, had not— had I didn't not, even think about that, yeah. and then, yeah, yeah. It, and, and at that point, I, I still had not signed on the dotted line. So wow. um, I had already done my physical. I had already started all the paperwork. Um, I had set my commission date. I was going to get my commission and get my uh, my mm-hmm. captain mm-hmm. Um, rank uh, October 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, so 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I remember I had a, fo- a phone conversation with my mom because she started to panic. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's right. obviously very concerned. She's Naturally. like, "This just happened. You're about to join the Air Force. They're going to deploy you. You're right. going to war." She's like, "So," I was like, "You know, mom." And and I talked about this with Betsy a lot with my wife. And if anything, I think you know when nine eleven happened, especially since we were you know we were in Albany, New York. We had just mm-hmm. been down to the city the week before for a soccer game, mm-hmm. and we went to the Twin Towers. And there was such a long That's line to go up. St- uh, so to go up, wild. we said, you know what? We live three hours away. We'll just come oh, back another time. Man. And that was the last time we were we ever saw them. Oh. Um, so that's kind of kind of kind of having been in that situation and, and feeling like it's one of those things where everybody knows where they were on nine eleven. Of course, um, yeah. So when that happened, uh, my feeling was instead of like I don't want to do this anymore, I actually felt like I need to do this more than ever. I felt like 
now I really want to do this. Yeah. You know, this is what I can do for yeah. the country that's been so good to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So right. um, I felt like, you know what, this is, this is, this is my duty. This is my obligation. Right. We had talked about it before. I'm not going to back out now. In fact, right. I feel a little bit more uh, confident in my decision and I feel like this is a calling. Yeah. Um, so I ended up commissioning October 15th. So just a month and four days after 9-11 is when I got my, uh, my wow. Air Force commission. That's crazy. Yeah. This is a perfect transition because our next topic is 9-11 conspiracies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've got a few. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get into that in the next episode. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, so, okay. So you obviously lived a lot of places. You've lived in New Orleans. You said you lived in Albany. You lived in St. Pete. Do you remember Columbia really at all? Yeah. So we, uh, not from when I was, you know, first born. Um, we yeah. left Columbia when I was two, but when I was uh, 11, okay, uh, we moved back to Columbia. Right. So we were here in St. Pete till I was 11, till fifth okay. grade. Moved back to Columbia and we okay. spent four years there. So, okay. which were pretty important so years. Formative like, years, yeah. yeah man, it's that, like, those were the toughest years for me. I, I was 11 when we got there, 15 when we came back. So, mm-hmm. 11 to 15. So, I think that's when I really kind of started to feel because I, you know, growing up here, I didn't really feel my Hispanic yeah. heritage so much. Okay. Um, I didn't know a whole lot of Latino music, Spanish rock, those right, kind of things. Right, so right, right. those four years were where I lived in Colombia is where I really learned to speak Spanish well, mm-hmm. read Spanish well. Yeah. I learned a lot about, you know, Colombian history because, mm-hmm. you know, in school you, you yeah, kind of had to. of course, of course. Um, but then I really got into Spanish music yes. and Spanish rock. And there's yeah. a, an amazing Spanish rock scene that you just right. – the Mexican rock bands, Argentinian rock bands, Colombian rock bands right. um, that are just phenomenal bands mm-hmm. and um, that I still listen to now mm-hmm. uh, back from the, you know, the, the – 80s and 90s right um so really got into that sort of uh music scene and that's when i started you playing the guitar yeah was back it was back right. in that time okay. and um yeah so it was it was a it was a, f- a formative time for me mm-hmm. i was very happy to come back though like honestly right. i love my colombian roots my colombian heritage but yes. this is the best goddamn country in the world yeah. and i i love it here i love what i love hey, everything yeah, yeah. this place america yeah, america i love yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. this represents <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah i i love that this is a land of opportunity for all, absolutely. you know, obviously, is it perfect? Absolutely not. Yeah. Do we have a lot of stuff we need to fix? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I wouldn't trade this for anything else. I, it's interesting to hear that from somebody who is um, not originally born here and has, uh, you know, deep roots in another country. Because most of the people that I talk to mm-hmm. that are not from here and have a lot of ancestors and family members from other parts of the world they say fuck this place yeah. so i don't i i mean you, you hear that a lot you and do it, it, it does drive me crazy it does bit, it, you know, it does in a way and it's like you know i always i live by you know the what is is always better than what should have been and if you should have been over in another place then you would have been yeah. you know I, yeah. I i agree with that i yeah. think that that was something my senior year english or yeah in high school didn't make it to my senior year in college there was only one senior year for me. Uh, <laughs> senior year in high school, she said that to me, and I've I've said that so many times to people, and they're like, "I guess," but I'm like, "No, no, that's right. All right, let's just go with it." But it, um, yeah, it always it it always baffles me when I when I just, you know, people just need to be grateful about where they are in a, in a in a specific moment, and and that they're not in a situation where it is way more dire to just get fucking food, yeah. you know, or. Yeah. You know, like drive your fat ass to McDonald's yeah. and stop <laughs> complaining. You know, like yeah. Jesus, I, I, I can't, I can't stand that. It, that makes me so mad when it's like, oh, it's the, it's the worst, yeah. it's the worst ever. I was like, it, it can't be the worst. Yeah. 
Look at yourself. It can't be the worst. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can't see any of your ribs. Yeah. You're fine. You're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, know. Right. I think, I think uh, there is a lot to be said for the perspective that travel gives you. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you are able to visit other places, uh, like Colombia, where I'm from, I mean, there's so much poverty. There's, uh, yeah. it, it, you know, you just, need to, you just need to leave the United States once, go yes. elsewhere. There's other great places on the planet. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think I think this 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 country just provides sort of an amalgamation of all of the best characteristics of everywhere else, mm-hmm. um, and it lets you be you. That's the yeah. big thing. It's like this is where I can I can speak whatever language I want. I can you know worship. I can do whatever yeah. I want. Yeah. You don't have that liberty and that freedom anywhere no. else. Um, no. So yeah, I, you, I, I wore the flag on my shoulder proudly uh, in the Air Force. I'll do mm. it again. Yeah. Um, and uh, even though I wasn't born here, I feel very much yeah American yeah. and and love what our what our flag and yeah uh, and 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 our country represents. Yeah, and I've I always say too that one of my one of my favorite sayings is that I've, in a, in English professor not English teachers man they say, they give me all these quotes but something that uh, resonated with me early on is that travel itself it's essentially the cure for racism mm-hmm. when you when you go around and you mm-hmm. see other things and because a lot of it is just general ignorance to not looking at that you'd be like if i don't see it and i don't know what's going on yeah. it's shady you know yeah, what i mean like exactly. that like but then you go into it you're like it's not really that it's bad not. It's, it's not you know it's not it's it's okay we're yeah. gonna be okay yeah. so yeah anyway absolutely um so okay so new orleans albany columbia st pete anywhere else where'd you live uh so after uh after new orleans mm-hmm. so we we um uh, we're in Columbia, back mm-hmm. to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I finished my high school, and I went to college there. So I, I, okay. we were in New Orleans. I was in New Orleans for eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished my high school there, went to Loyola University, got my uh, bachelor's degree there. And then we moved to Australia. So I got married oh, wow. and moved to Australia. Oh. Um, so Australia is where I went to medical school. So Betsy and I lived there for four Shit. years. Shit, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, good eye. <laughs> good eye, Mike. Shit. My okay. Australian friends give yeah. me so much <laughs> shit because I try. I'm like, I lived there four years. I can speak, a, I can, you know, speak with a very, very uh, convincing Australian accent. And then I say it, and they're like, no, you can't. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's can't. one that I will not. Yeah, that's one that I don't try. The only thing is that I know. I used to work at Outback, so I speak half Australian. There you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Australia has got to be up there. I mean, so if you had to pick, like, a, a spot that you've lived um, – you know, or or just just any area that you've visited, maybe. What is there like a favorite spot that you have, like um, above that stands above all head and shoulders? You know, I think uh, going back to something you said a little bit earlier. Every place I've lived at, I've mm-hmm. tried to see the absolute positive, appreciated being there every moment. Like when we were living in Australia, uh, you know, there were there were classmates of mine who just complained about everything yeah and, and you know there's uh, other yeah. classmates obviously who love the whole the, the whole experience and everything but i'm like yeah. when you're here don't expect this to be just like home because it's right. not yeah appreciate exactly. this for what it is appreciate right. this country for what it offers um and it's a fantastic place like Aust- australian right. people yeah. are some of the friendliest people i think i've ever met mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. having come from uh from new orleans 
arriving into Australia, people were so friendly that initially Betsy and I were like skeptical. This we're is like, weird. Yeah, everybody's a little <laughs> yeah. too friendly. What do they want? <laughs> they, they want something. They clearly the they're going to kill like, us. They're going to yeah. they're going to take our stuff. Yeah, I don't know what they want. And then the the more time you spent there, you're like, they're just genuinely nice people. They just wanted me to teach and them how just, to speak Spanish. That's they, all. They, and, and they want you. They want you to enjoy their country. They want you to be happy yes, there. Yes. They're like want you to be. They want to make sure you're having a good time. Right. And that you don't need anything. Right. Um, and it was just uh, so such an overwhelming experience. I think you know I still have many many great uh, friends from that time, um, and uh, dying to go back. You know, dying to bring the kids back. So Australia was one of the as far as like living. It was it was just such a, one of the coolest places uh, we've yeah. ever lived, and I'd love to go back. Jasmine and I talked about going there, and you know, just as kind of like a fantasy kind of thing. You know, because I I've actually really the only time I've been out of the country, I've been we did the Niagara Falls to Canada, mm-hmm. I've been to Mexico on cruise a couple times but other than that i have not been out of the country and i want to i just can't you know i just can't swing it you know I mean, it just it just it just so happens but it's not me being against it it's just that it's just never lined up and it's never worked out that way but i'm dying to go yeah. to like you know places like dublin and go watch some buskers on the street like that and go yeah. you know go to you know go to france mm-hmm. and see that you know see all see all the main stuff yeah you know, go to Italy, walk around and go to Greece and see all the waters and things like that. Go to Australia and like yeah. just dive in there, do some shit like, you know, yeah. like yeah. South American countries, too. Like I would love to go to Brazil. Yeah. You know, like and just see, you know, the ladies there, too. I mean, yeah. so, is she outside? <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, uh, I'm going to get killed for that. So we'll edit that part out. Yeah, we'll we'll cut it. We'll cut it for later. Um, no, like, like, seriously, I think that, that was one of those things that my uh, that my parents, uh, especially my mom, really kind of. Uh, uh, kind of s- when I, when we were growing up, um, I remember you know she never had like super fancy cars or anything like that. We never we <coughs> never you know and even yeah. when money was was tight, yeah, she always felt like the best investment. Uh, she would tell my brother and I, she's like the best investment I can do for the two of you is travel. Oh, hundred um, percent. So she would 100%. say, I, I would rather uh, drive an inexpensive car, not yep. have the biggest house, not you know. But spend and, money and just get you guys and out. Show you the world. Show you the world. Yeah. Um, because uh, and and something else that she always told us that really stuck with me Damn, over time yeah. was you know uh, you will learn more in one week traveling than you will in one year I, uh, reading a book or, or going that. to classes in school. I believe that one hundred percent. I I think that it is so important. I mean, even like there are different places in Florida that I talk about all the time. Like within an hour and a half of here, mm-hmm. that will give you perspective of like. Holy shit! Yeah, like this Absolutely. is wild. You just gotta get out. Uh, yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. get out. Yeah. You gotta get out, and you gotta see things. Now, not all places are great. Uh, <laughs> I am. I've always. I've said this a lot. I'm not a huge fan of Miami. I don't. I'm. I've never. Right there with you. Man. I've never been right I've, there with you. I have a. I have a saying about Miami is that if you don't know that person, they're lying to you. <laughs> they are not telling you the truth. But yes. But in in a short sentence, yes, I I believe that. Travel is is very important at a, uh, not only a young age but any any point in your life. But, Absolutely. I mean, I remember going on vacations with my dad, and we would fly into one state, and we would do like a block of states. So we do like we did like Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, and then 
um, another one that's around there. I don't know. I don't have a map in front of me, so I couldn't tell you. Illinois. But yeah, something yeah, like that. that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll <laughs> say that. Uh, but we would do that, and then we do like Virginia, West Virginia, DC, Maryland, like things like that. Okay. And then we go to, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, like things like that. And so we would just drive, and like we would see all this shit, and it would be like, what is this? Because we, I mean, we have Florida. I'm, I'm a Pinellas County kid, Tampa area, born and raised, flat streets everywhere. And then you go to somewhere like in the hills, and you're like, "Why are we driving like a fucking roller coaster right now? <laughs> yeah. I can't breathe back here. I'm <laughs> yeah. getting sick." Yeah. But he's like, "No, this is where everywhere else is like. Yeah. This is what this is what it all looks like. Yeah. Unless you get out west and where it gets a little like you know, uh, a little flat out there. But still, they have the the ups and downs. But I I just remember seeing that and like getting a new perspective on things at such a young age where. You know, even kids in my class were like, I don't get I don't get this. Like what are we doing? you know? But Florida is such a it's it's such a an anomaly of like a of of an I, I don't know. I, I love the I love the combination of how different everything is mm-hmm. here. And I'm just speaking because I live here. I'm sure it's like this in other states, but there is such a drastic difference from here, like where we are currently, and thirty minutes north. Like huge, ah, totally different like, place. You drive around, you're like, if I die totally out here, different place. if I yeah. die out here, no one's finding me. <laughs> yeah, no one. I'd <laughs> be like, I don't know what happened. He just went driving, and then poof, it's done. No car, or anything. It's all parted out. It's done. Yeah. So anyway, travel. It's important yeah. for you. Um, yeah. Hot take. Smoking hot take. Okay, so let's get back in the kind of weave around and um, and get back into the whole the the music side of it. Um, you you started performing in New Orleans? Yeah, so um once I picked up That's a uh, dream of mine by the way. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know it's 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 it, it, we'll we'll talk about a New Orleans New Orleans yes, a little bit, yes, but it, yes. it's just a phenomenal just place that just like oh my God. bristles with like creativity and oh. this weird vibe and energy that is just always there. But uh but yeah, so when when we got back to New Orleans, um so at this point I was uh, 15, 16, mm-hmm. um, I had already started to pick up the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I met a couple of friends of mine, a couple of classmates of mine. That so Brian? No. So Brian, I met in college. Brian, you met, okay. Yeah. So Brian, I met Love in college. Brian. He's yeah. great. He's a nice <laughs> so, guy. He's really funny. And, and he, <laughs> and he's the, he's the first really good guitarist I ever played with. Mm. Yeah. So like in high school, uh, I, I, I was in a couple of bands. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the first one was really lame. It was called Cows and Heat. Uh, it was oh. like the worst damn band you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> I, our, our, I think our drummer, our drummer had one cymbal, one tom, and a snare. Oh there was no bass drum. <laughs> we, my guitar was the worst fucking guitar you've ever seen in your life. It was like uh, I, I had oh. bought. A, it was called a PV Patriot. Right? Okay. So it was a PV Patriot. PV. I, yeah. So I had wow. a, I had a PV guitar. I kind of I tried to hot rod it, so I put in some like um, <laughs> uh, Demarzio humbuckers in. It was like the okay. Steve Vai, like the yeah, green yeah. and pink ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I hot rodded it with like some Demarzio humbuckers. It still sounded like shit because this the guitar was so bad. <laughs> um, and I had a whopping ten watt crate amp, uh, solid oh state God. crate amp. So can you hear me in the back? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you keep the drums down? Yeah, can, they can't hear can my you- guitar. <laughs> I just doesn't go any higher, man. I'm sorry. I'm like I have it to eleven. Turn and, it up. <laughs> yeah. Turn it up. Sorry. Yeah. But oh, but so, so but what was funny about that that band? I mean, we were nothing really serious. Obviously, from the name of the band, you could kind of get that. But we just had so much fun. And to me, uh, the, the the reason that band was important to me, and the reason mm-hmm. I even remember that band, because mm-hmm. we never we clearly never played anywhere live, because nobody would have right even for free. Even if we paid people, they wouldn't have come. <laughs> um, but but it just 
was the first time where I was in a room with a few mm-hmm. dudes and we were just playing music, mm-hmm. just jam, just having fun. It mm-hmm. sounded like hell, mm-hmm. but it was so much fun. Yeah, it was so yeah. much fun. And I'm like, man, this is. Imagine if we were fucking good. Yeah, how how it, much how good this would feel. It really still gets me. It gets me charged up even now. I mean, playing live. I mean, there, there's moments where like I play by my like I'm totally by myself on the stage, and like there's just moments where like I know. I have somebody. Just takes one. I was like, I know I have somebody in this. And it it feels like I'm being lifted off of the ground. Like and it's just is such a magical thing. And even when in the early days when I sounded like shit, it was what I fucking lived for. Yeah. I would go out and buy strings and string up my guitar because I was playing an open mic fifteen minutes a week. So every week I had fifteen minutes to for my best shit. And if it sucked, I had to wait another six days and just sit in that suck for all week long. I'd be like, I can't fucking believe it. (laughs) Like, it would just be, it would just kill me. So, like, any time I'd get a chance to go up, I would always make sure, because there were nights where I would just come off the stage and be like, I fucking nailed it. And then there would be other times where I'm like, didn't do so hot, but I am still doing something that everybody in this bar wants to do but can't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That didn't do it. So, I, that, that was... Performing for me is always a. It, it's it, I I I make jokes and little jabs at people and like seem negative, but I've said it before. It's just the way that I process things and I get over it. I'm not. I'm, I don't let it hang on me like it does. Mm-hmm. Jasmine hates when I just go off on these things. I'm like, you just gotta let me get it out once, and then I'll never talk about it again. Uh-huh. And then it's then that's it. But yeah. but yeah, it's like even even when things are early on in the stages of performing i always like there was just something about it that like made you want to get better it, it, it just hooks you yeah it, it hooks you in and and it's hard to replicate that feeling with anything else in your life i agree um clearly cows and heat did not get a record contract because <laughs> um, <laughs> then we were off to uh to, yeah, to great, records to like great. cows and heat what the fuck <laughs> They're like, we're stealing the name, though. Yeah, we're, yeah. We'll, get, we'll get the name, but oh, my Lord. But then when I was a, uh, I, I was a junior, I think I was a junior or senior in high school, um, I actually hooked up with two guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually, it was four guys, because mm-hmm. uh, we were five, a five-piece band. Mm-hmm. And these guys were actually pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. our, our drummer, his name was Frankie. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, our lead guitarist, Ryan uh, Godbold, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, The Ryan Godbold? No, I'm just kidding. I know who <laughs> <laughs> So he, he was really yeah. good. And we had a uh, another one of our guitarists, Chris Guy. He he was actually murdered mm-hmm. while we were in high school. What? Yeah, he... Um, oh, God. Think, good thing I didn't say anything about that. No, he... he so he, he was walking... Uh, home from a party this when is I, New Orleans? This is when I was a, in a, a senior. It was, it was just one of those. It, it was the first time something like that ever hit that close to home for me. Holy shit! And uh, he was just literally walking to a party from his house. Never made it to the party. Uh, they found him a couple days later. Some kid oh had, had shot him God. for to steal his Walkman. You're but, kidding me! So it's like fucking CD player for for a CD player. It, oh it, my God! My, Didn't he know iPods were coming out soon? Jeez! They, it might have even been a cassette Walkman. This is we're talking 19, a cassette Walkman. We're talking 1980. This would have been in 1988 ish, 89. I feel like I need to take a shower but after that, that. But that was just like uh, so again, like you know, New, New Orleans has always been a violent city yeah um of and you knew stuff like that happened yes but man I, I was a junior senior in high school and then the guy that plays guitar with you in your band yeah. this happens to them and, and yeah. you know their family you know them like everybody in our was, band was just like absolutely destroyed he was, was like 17. 18 17 yeah, he was, 17. He was a God. year he was a year behind me in school wow um wow but the band we had a we had a briefly we had a band with that setup so those yeah. guys and um 
that was my first taste of wow i'm gonna sit in a, in a room with mm-hmm. a bunch of guys and these guys are actually good and you were singing i was this. singing okay. i was just a singer just I w- singing okay. i would bring my pv patriot with my 10 watt crate <laughs> for after practice again because yeah. i wasn't getting what i needed from the classical <laughs> guitar guy with the pedal and shit peanut butter um, what yeah. is it peanut butter crackers <laughs> yeah. peanut butter crackers wasn't doing it <laughs> do you guys know peanut butter crackers? <laughs> so i'm like i can play this for you yeah. hang on. one hand goes behind your back does everybody have their footstool <laughs> <laughs> so um Ryan Ryan was a really cool guy and he was a very good guitar player. So after practice, we would we would play like junkyard Hollywood. We'd mm-hmm. play Britney Fox. We'd play like hair metal type hair metal stuff. That's and very interesting. Um, <laughs> I see. Yeah, I can see that though. Yeah. It was just the yeah. you know, it was the yeah. time. It was, yeah. it was that time we played Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'd bring my guitar in to mm-hmm. practice. I'd sneak it in because I'm like mm-hmm. I. It was almost embarrassing to bring my stuff in because they had, like, Marshall amps and stuff. I, I, so I'd bring my stuff in, leave it off to one side. Mm-hmm. We'd practice. And then after practice, I'd bring my guitar up and be like, Ryan, man, that song we played today, can you teach me some of those yeah, licks? Yeah. Can you teach me some of the, you know, some of the songs that we were playing? And that's kind of and, – and he taught me patience because we, we used to yeah. – so, um, I've been working with that one recently, by the way, the Chris Cornell version. It's in, like, a, a, it's in a more it's manageable a, key for me, yeah. I think. Yeah, he, oddly he does enough, a beautiful job with it. He really does. He really does. But yeah, so that that was like uh, my my first real experience with 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 musicians mm-hmm. that that were actually talented musicians and were right. what we what we uh, the art that we made actually sounded. It wasn't great, but it was good. You, yeah, yeah, it was you good. could see where it was yeah. going to, could get if you know. Like I I always say that your first band is supposed to suck, yeah. and if you. I, it's it's never going to be good. Like I mean, I'm sure there's legends out there. Like the first time they ever did anything, it's you know, it's just the best thing ever. They're like, oh my god, these never been bad ever. But I feel like the first band has to suck to kind of give you a gauge of do you want to get better? You know, do you do you want to learn how to do this? Do you want to suck for a little bit to be good for a lot? You know, because I I sucked for a long time. I've I sucked. I've sucked more playing and singing. Then I've been good, and I know that. Like I, I, I got you beat there by a few, a few I decades. Can, I can find, <laughs> I can find old footage of me, and like I looked, I found some stuff on YouTube. Like cause every once in a while, I just want to see if people post anything that's like not good, or if they post something that could, I could snag and steal from them. You know, um, that's the jailbreak alert. Somebody's <laughs> escaping. Jasmine's trying to get out of the house. Um, I, I always like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I just I think there's something I think there's something great about being bad, but you just never want to hear it. And once you hear it, you're like, oh my god, I thought it sounded so. Because it's like when you talk, when you talk, you're like, and you hear your voice back, you're like, yeah. that's not what I sound like. Yeah. And then yeah. you go and singing, it's a whole different ballgame. It's like I, I don't thought think that nobody okay. likes what their voice sounds like when they hear it back. It's no. crazy. No. But yeah, no, I I, I you know the. Uh, Actually, so our, our our band that I had in high school with these guys with mm-hmm. uh, uh, with Chris and Ryan and and, and Frankie, mm-hmm. um, that band was called Eden's Escape. So like okay. a, it was like Escape from the Garden of Eden kind yeah, of thing. So Eden's like Escape, it. I thought yeah. I, I was a cool name, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we book well, we didn't book anything, but we uh, entered into a contest. So I think it was a battle of bands, probably at my high school. So I think it was our high school battle of bands, mm-hmm. and that was the first time. So this is the first time I was ever going to perform in front of an actual crowd. Okay, so that's my point. that's my next question. So the yeah. first year you performed was what? So no, so it was supposed to happen. Oh, it was spo- oh god, 
I got so nervous. Oh. I got so so much stage fright. I quit the band. You did? And and, and like and Ryan <laughs> was like so upset at me and like the the boys were so upset at me. They were like, oh, "Guy, you, no. we just signed up for this battle of bands." Oh. I got so nervous just at the thought of having to stand up in front of a crowd and sing that oh, I'm like, man. I can't do this. I can't, I can't. So th- at this point, I was, uh, again, senior in high school. So to that point, I'd never sung in front of anybody or played in front of anybody. I certainly was not. At that point, I wow. was just not a good enough guitar player for anybody to want to hear me. Yeah. And I was just it, – it's funny how your voice goes through a transformation. But I oh, think, huge. I think you always have the voice. You just don't have the confidence. Yes. And I think – um, I became a much better singer when I learned to just get over it. Yes, and just be confident in my voice. Yes, and in myself. I agree with that too, and I also agree that like puberty has a huge. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. you'd be like, hey, everybody, I hit, doing it, I hit like, it late. Like, yeah, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> I was like twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I just rem- I remember like uh, I I remember vo- like I can still like the other night because of the new the medication that I've been on and the stuff that I've been doing to kind of help to kind of do this whole thing where it kind of tries to open it up. It really fucks with my control of my voice. Mm-hmm. And Saturday night, I, I maybe had like 60 voice cracks. And not many that people <laughs> would notice if yeah. they didn't know, if they if they know who I am, they, they'll be like, oh man, this guy's off his game tonight. But if they didn't know, they'd be like, I guess this guy's just like, you That's know, his thing. he's real, uh, he's what, like, is, what he's is like Keith's, the male Shakira. What does Keith say? So oh, it's jazzy. He's, <laughs> oh, really, yeah. he's real jazzy tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just making shit up. <laughs> yeah, but I, the, I, I can, I can, uh, I'm with you on that. I remember my first open mic that I ever did. I went because this was, I, I've been playing drums and sitting in the back and just like kind of hiding behind the cymbals. I would set my thing up so no one could see me. Like when we would do stuff, mm-hmm. we just were playing for friends in the garage. And yeah. I'm like, I don't want you to look at me. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I want to hide behind this. And if I, you know, and then eventually like we got to get more comfortable with like our friends being there. And it was just like, you know, we're playing for people that we love. So it's like, it's not really a big deal. I never, I didn't really ever play in front of an actual bar crowd until 2014. Okay. So I was playing garage shows and like little benefit concerts where people like kind of listen to you and pass and like, hey, they're pretty good. And then like yeah. they just walk the fuck away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then, yeah, but it was, uh, it was an open mic and I remember I was like slamming beer. So I'm like, I have to just do this oh be- to get over this. Yeah. And I remember walking up on stage and like my friend, my good friend James and Nick, who will be on here, um, they'll probably both be on here at some point. Because James was the one that really was like pushing me to. He's like, don't. He's like, don't pussy out. He's like, yeah. He's like, drink that fucking beer and you get your ass on stage. He's like, you've been talking about this shit all the time. He's like, stop talking shit and staying in your yeah. bed. Get out here and do this. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I get up there and like he sees my hands and I'm like, yeah. I'm just like sitting like this and I'm like, I don't know what happened when I was up there, but I just remember cl- somebody clapping for me yeah. and I was like. This is it. That's the start. You this know? is it. That, I was like, this is what I want to fucking it, it, do, man. It's, it's is, just one little. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah. And and that's the con- that that's the confidence thing because I think it's crazy how bad your voice is when you're nervous. So bad. Um, you're you're first of all, you can't breathe. Like right. So oh and, and breathing and is the, such a big shakes. part of, uh, of mm-hmm. singing, right? So your breath control is out the window. Your lung mm-hmm. capacity is out the window. I don't know what it is about your vocal, but there's so much. Uh, vibrato to it that's that's mm-hmm. not a good vibrato yeah um but uh and then you're just not putting any any mm-hmm. uh, real force into mm-hmm. into anything mm-hmm. that you're doing everything's kind of almost like you're holding it back you're scaling it back mm-hmm. and it makes it sound so much worse yeah so i think you know some of it is absolutely maturing your voice and and, and learning technique and learning to sing and learning yes. to breathe while you sing and all that yes. that's, that's very important 
But I almost think the bigger part of it is just getting over that fear and allowing your body to be comfortable in that space. I agree. And, and allowing your body to say, hey, I'm going to sing no holds barred. Yeah. I'm going to just belt this shit out. Yeah. And, and when you do, hey, sometimes I, it works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. But when you get to that point in your mind where when it doesn't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just and, – and I'm fine with it. That's, I think, where it really kind of clicks. I will say, though, I have a lot of respect for you guys because when we'll, – and we'll get into the origin of Sweet Lick in a second. But when you guys play a show, you you do it big. Like, I, I don't ever go to a Sweet Lick gig and go, like, well, there's not a lot of people here tonight. You know, it's always like, fuck, there's so many people. Because like, that's what you guys do. You have, su- you have such a wide variety of, like, set list and entertainment, and you've, can, like, had a consistent following for such a long time. But – what the one thing that I respect about that is that that to me, when I do solo stuff, there's nights where I have fifty people there that are locked in. There's nights where there's fifty people there that aren't locked in, and then there's nights where there's four people that are just sitting and giving me everything. And then there's nights where I play for the staff. Mm-hmm. So I have so much respect for guys that know they're walking into a semi chaotic situation, but in a good way, and they bring everything and they like no holds barred, like you said, just go out there and give it everything. And four hours straight too, by the way. Because Keith, I mean, yeah. give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we I haven't mean, had a break in four years. God, it's insane. <laughs> he's that guy's a workhorse. I don't know. He's doing most of the heavy lifting. I mean oh, when I when sure. I do it, I'm like I'm my looking hand, over my there. hands get a break. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like so are you sure. tired? Yeah. So <laughs> But I, I have so much respect for that and so much respect for you guys. And I remember first the first time I ever saw you, it was before I we really even knew you. We walked into Nolan's one night after I had met Keith a couple months after we had jammed at Troubled Waters for the first time in like 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember watching you guys do it for a packed house, and I was like, this is, this is legit. I was like, this is great. Because I, I was like, not only are they doing like the, the sing-along songs that I voluntarily keep out of my set, <laughs> But you guys were also doing a lot of stuff that I really fucking love. Like you were doing a lot of Stone Temple Pilots. You were doing. Uh, you did Black Sabbath that night. I remember specifically. You did um, um, uh, Hunger Strike. Obviously, you did that one. And then it, uh, you're, a, which we'll get into in a minute. Where you're a huge Pearl Jam guy too, which I love. I love when bands do that and do it right. And by doing it right, I mean you're not trying to, because Pearl Jam to me is is a very uh, we're going off on a tangent here. They're a very, they're a very improvisational band, mm-hmm. but they they do it in a way that you can feel the passion in every separate time. Like I'm sure there's never been a time where Keith has played the exact same alive solo never twice never. And I that's why I love it. I I do not, I I I respect it, but I just don't understand the learning process of like why would you want to learn something note for note that someone else did right. i was like use your own right. feel to this right that's what music is about so that's what when I, I remember watching you guys i was like both of you are like you just kind of stretch the songs out you jam you have a fun time you you know scream and yell dance on the bar like get the crowd into it and that is what i respect so much because i don't i and I'm not complaining about it because it's you know it just happens. Sometimes it just happens that way, and it's just it's the way it's the set that I play, and it's the the fact that I'm also very new to this and in the whole like full time thing. So, I mean, it's just a it's it's just a, I mean, polar opposite of what what I do and what you do, and I have so much respect for you just walking into a room that you know is going to be packed and you just bring it because like sometimes when I come in and I see that there's a lot of people I'm like. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, cause you never know. You never. I mean, but, but I'll tell you something, and 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 I mean, you can speak to this as well. But 
Um, when I was gigging, before I started gigging with Keith, so Keith, we moved to St. Pete, well, Tampa, not St. Pete. We mm-hmm. moved to Tampa in, in 2011, so it was nine okay. years ago. Um, oh, wow, that recently? At, at, yeah, so at that point, uh, you know, I had my college band with mm-hmm. Brian, you yep. know, so we, we, what were you guys called then? What was uh, it? so we had two names. So the, it was a number in <laughs> so, it, right? It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So Brian and I were both kind of like biology nerds. We were, yes, bo- we were both in pre-med, yeah, right, you know, right, I was, right. I was biology. He was microbiology and Brian was an mm-hmm. excellent student, you know, mm-hmm. always had way better grades than me. But anyway, we, we were chatting one day after class. And I was, he had an earring and long hair. I'm like, this guy's got to be a musician, you know? Yeah, so he's – I'm like, this guy's got to be a musician. So we're sitting there chatting after class one day after one of our biology <laughs> classes at Loyola. And, uh, uh, yeah, it turns out he's like, yeah, I'm a, guitar, I'm a guitar player. I'm in a band. Our singer just quit. Did you and not I'm, see the earring and the long hair? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, is bro. this not enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to ask. <laughs> um but uh, but yes, yeah, so I was like, well, yeah, no. I, I, he, so he told me at that point, like that when we had that conversation, when we mm-hmm. met in the courtyard that day, um, their singer had just left. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was just very serendipitous because immediately I was like, well, you know, I, I, I do play some guitar. By this point, I've been playing guitar for a lot yeah. longer. Yeah. And I play some guitar, but I, I, I can sing. And so I went and tried out for his band, and they had we had uh, we had a drummer, we had uh, Brian on on guitar, uh, we had a guy Craig on bass, mm-hmm. um, and he also did some rhythm guitar, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, David, uh, I think I said Dave on drums. Um, and so I came into that into that band, and, mm-hmm. and we formed a five piece. We ended up adding a a bass player who. We, uh, were, yeah. we were we were cycling through bass players. Mm-hmm. We I don't think we ever played with the same bla- bass player twice for gigs. Oh wow! But uh, but yeah. So once I tried out for their for their band, uh, we had a very very similar taste in music. We were mm-hmm. both like total biology nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the probably the only band in New Orleans with no tattoos. He had an earring and long <laughs> hair, but like no tattoos. And That's we would drink woodchuck and eat salmon pate before practice. <laughs> we'd look at each other going like, "We are the like worst rock band in history." We're this is soft behavior. <laughs> this, is. this is ridiculous. That's but, so uh, funny. But it was so much fun. And our, our drummer had, like, this enormous, like, double bass drum setup. Like, it looked like Queensryche's <laughs> setup. Um, so we'd get we'd get into practice, and, and we'd play. And there were a lot of songs where I could just focus on singing. And Craig and, and Brian would handle the guitar. Mm-hmm. But then when we did, like, guitars that, uh, or songs that needed an acoustic, mm-hmm. I would play the acoustic. Songs okay. like we would do Fade to Black. That was always oh, yeah, our closer. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for Fade to Black, all three of us were on electric, and it would just kind of give it that really good, like, oomph for the distortion yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we, we had a lot of fun. We didn't play uh, – so initially – Oh, getting back to what you actually asked me. Mm-hmm. The name of the band was LD50. LD50. One yeah. day in microbiology class, we were still trying to come up with a band name. And mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, Brian was studying something about antibiotics and mm-hmm. something about lethal dose 50, meaning mm-hmm. the dose you need to kill 50% off of a certain thing. So we made a logo, and it was, it was a mosquito. It was like a fruit fly, mm-hmm. and it said LD50. And our drummer kept asking us, like, what does this mean? What is LD50? And we'd explain it to him. And every time somebody asked him, he would say it was like an insecticide. I'm like, oh, LD50 is not a pet. He's like, but you said it fucking, was about killing, and it's a mosquito drivers. on the thing. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not it. So we're like, dude, we need to change the name. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we we changed it to Mindscape. <laughs> you guys know Raid? <laughs> you want to get in on the ground floor? <laughs> it's good shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. So we changed our name to Mindscape. But uh, we played okay. we played together probably <laughs> for about a year and a half. Um, it, that was my first experience playing at a bar. Okay. So it was, it was in New Orleans. It would have had to have been like 1990. 
like we graduated in 96. So it was probably 95. Wow. 1995, 94. Wow. Um, and we got a gig to play uh, Jimmy's nightclub in New Orleans, which mm-hmm. was, you know, we, we would go see bands there. Is Jimmy so, still around? You know, I was there. I was in New Orleans not too long ago, and we drove near it, and it looked like it was not. Damn it. It looked like it was not. But I wanted to go back and see it. <laughs> yeah. Love so that, that was our first gig. And it and, and we show up at this place. So that we got hired by mm-hmm. one of my friends to play this uh, to play this gig. Friends or connections in the beginning are fucking Abs- absolutely. huge. What, what huge. We, what we did was once we actually had a sound, once we had a band, mm-hmm. we hosted a party at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I invited all kinds of people. I invited yeah. a bunch of friends. We got a couple of kegs. And one of the guys that came to that party um, – he was in charge of this Jimmy's thing that was once a month. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, guys, I want you should come play at Jimmy's. Yeah. Uh, how much are you going to pay us? Well, nothing. Um, but you guys can come. We're like, okay. <laughs> that was our first gig. The beginning of it. They're <laughs> yeah. like, I'll do anything you want, yeah. mister. Yeah, I get to play Jimmy's? I'll yeah. pay you. Yeah, right. Uh, kind yeah. of deal. So yeah. um, so we, we show up at Jimmy's. I was so nervous, man. Like, we we – we're trying to be so rock and roll. It's funny. Like, you're, yeah. uh, you're 18, 19, whatever. Oh, I can't remember God, how we I remember were. that. We're trying to be so yeah. rock and roll. We're feeling like rock stars. Uh, we're, we stopped by Checkers, grabbed some burgers. Mm. We get to Jimmy's, and I'm like, I was so nervous at this point. I did what you were doing, which mm-hmm. was, I was like, I'm going to chug a couple of beers yep. just to kind of kill the nerves a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Stuff um, it down. It ended up being probably a little too much. So when we, when we go out to sing our first song, I turn to Brian. The, li- the stage lights were out. We were getting set up, and I think the very first chord for the first song we were playing was A. Oh, and no. I looked at him. I'm like, Brian, how are you playing A? He's oh, like, are you shitting me right God. now? I'm like, dude, I was so nervous. I, I was like, I, could, I can't remember how to play <laughs> an A. And so he's like, he looks at me. He's like, dude, you better be joking. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, shows me his hand. I'm like, oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, I'm like, oh, my God. God. I was so nervous. That's but, funny. Um, but, yeah, we, we somehow got through that show. The it was a house sound man, and mm-hmm. the dude he kept going back to the room, and he come out of this like cloud of smoke. This dude was like like a Rastafarian guy. He'd come out. He didn't know our music. We didn't know him. He'd like the levels were all screwy. He 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 would he would punch the wrong guitar when like the solo was coming up. But anyway, that but that was our first gig. That was our first time playing in a club in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, How was the crowd? Uh, the crowd was great. You know, they probably had 200 people because it was a party. They weren't coming here to, they weren't going to yeah. see us. We weren't yeah. the attraction. The attraction right. was the party right. and the beer and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was a college crowd. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, those but, are. But it was fun, you know. Yeah. It, it was fun and we got, you'd yeah. get the you'd get the applause. You'd get people coming up and dancing. Yeah. Um, and, and just having a good time. And it's like a drug, man. As soon as, yes. as, soon as you experience that. Being on a stage, yeah, uh, you know, just being creative and having fun, yes, and you see the response. I just don't get that anywhere else. No, I don't get that anywhere you else. You don't, and it's uh, it's such a rewarding experience. Even though there's little, even though there's always little nuggets of negativity and people that don't want you there, and like people that are just being dicks to be dicks. It just takes one small moment of like success in in a gig, in a night of a gig where you're like, this is the best thing ever. I I love this so much because I always I always attribute it to there are so many people in this room that want to do this but just can't or won't mm-hmm. either way. And that's why I always get on people with like when they're at open mics and they're like, oh, this guy fucking sucks. I'm like, get up, yeah, do it. Let's hear you. Go go and do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's. 
yeah, performing to me, performing live, even though most of what I do now, I mean, obviously because of COVID and, and stuff, I can't play any big shows, but the big shows that I've done in the past, I mean, I don't really remember a lot of it because I'm just so overwhelmed with overwhelmed with like adrenaline and, and just like in, just so into the moment and trying to focus so hard. I'm like, I got to bring the best stuff possible because I hate I hate going home at the end of the night and just being like, oh, I cannot believe I fucking missed that switch. I was like, yeah, I, I know yeah. I like I know it. I've played it a hundred thousand times. Like, how do I you know, like little stuff like that always bothers me. But it, overall, I mean, there's there's really nothing that makes me feel the way that performing makes me feel. Right. I mean, there's yeah. there there really yeah. is not. I mean, I've worked, I've worked so many shitty jobs, and even though the gig was gonna suck that night, and it was at a bar that I didn't want to fucking be at, and yeah. it was like a place where it was like, you know, we want, we're not gonna pay uh, the whole full price, but thanks for coming, you know, stuff like that, or like you know, they'd be like, hey, we don't have any cash in the drawer, can you come back tomorrow, like. Okay, you know, like little stuff like that, where even though that those things were going to happen, I was like, at least it's not this. Yeah. Like mopping a floor and yeah. lining some guy's fucking pockets that you yeah. don't like. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like I there was there was something so uh, motivating about knowing that once I left there, I could play a totally different character. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm a new guy. I'm out of here. I'm not. I'm not twelve dollars an hour, Josh anymore. I am the fucking musician tonight. Yeah. You know, you can just totally change <laughs> that whole thing. But it ta- it takes a while to get that confidence and that that um that swagger about it, and knowing that you're that knowing that you're better than you were the day before, and that you're doing something that a lot of people won't do. So Absolutely. I just I always Absolutely. I, yeah performing. It's it's always a it's it's a you know I mean I I I'd say I've done too much of it but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna keep doing it so I want to ask you one question too because I I I know your three boys I know your wife and you know they're okay what well, I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, they all three boys super respectful I can actually have an intelligent conversation with them and they are very polite. They're um, very respectful, um, and Betsy too is. I mean, she's she's amazing. I mean, you guys both have raised three boys that are phenomenal human beings. Thank you. And I just I want to kind of know. Just I always tell Jasmine, um, you know, because it's no secret that we're you know seriously involved with one another. I think so. I don't know what she thinks, but <laughs> we'll ask her I, in a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. Um we're I always say that I would never let my kids be musicians. Mm-hmm. And only only because I am afraid of watching someone I love fail. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning of being a musician, there is so much failure. Right. There is so much of like no. There is so much of like we don't really like you that much. There's not a lot of money in this man. Like you know, just yeah. you know, well, you know, c- nice try, but we'll yeah. see you later. You know, it's a little pat on the back, and then be like, all right, yeah, oh, it's cute. You know, like stuff like that, and like people talking shit. Um, you know, bad nights where in the beginning, like I didn't know how to handle hecklers, which now, I mean, I'm I know exactly <laughs> what to do. But um, after I stopped shaking uh, and <laughs> filling with a blinding red rage, but. I <laughs> there's always one asshole out there. There's always one, but there's ni- for one of those people. There's 99 great absolutely. relationships that you have. Yeah, absolutely. But I so if um if Danny came up to you and was like, or we can edit that out if you don't want to hear their names on here. But no, that's fine. If they if one of them came up to you and was like, you know, 
I think I want to start playing live. I want to be a. I want to be a musician. I want to entertain. What would you tell him? I mean, because I, you're a, you're a father. I'm just yeah. saying this from a perspective of like I wouldn't want this to happen because I'm afraid of being there and being like I told you so because I've already seen it. You know. You, you know, I, I I think I would be supportive of it, and and uh, I'll, I'll tell you a couple reasons why. I think one one is when I started playing live. You know, I, I love my parents, and my parents have always done mm-hmm. uh, what, what they thought was best for me, like always, and, and they still do. Um, but I think when, when I started to get really serious into music, yes. I think they started to get really scared, mm. especially my mom. Mm. Um, she started to get really scared, and, and, and she'd always tell me, you know, like, this is, you know, it's such a hard profession. And we were in New Orleans. She's <laughs> like, she would tell me, go out to the quarter, mm-hmm. go bar to bar, mm-hmm. tell me how many amazing guitar players there are out there and they're all playing little bars on the quarter yep uh, or they're playing on the street especially in new orleans too yeah. i've seen some of the best oh, yeah. street music in my fucking life oh there. yeah it changed my it changed my <laughs> whole world yeah, so, seeing and you, that and you see those musicians and so her point to me was you go look at that and if you think you're going to be better than them mm. then maybe you've got a shot mom's bringing it real yeah, yeah. so she was like she was telling yeah. me look it's have music as a hobby, not as a career. So that was like her whole spiel. So it would piss me off. It would piss me off mm-hmm. all the time. Oh. Um, and, but it would ring. It would ring in the back of my head, mm-hmm. and and I would go like those those little things she would tell me when mm-hmm. I'd go see bands play in New Orleans. I'd be mm-hmm. like, Wow, this guy really is good. Yeah. And wow, I'm never going to be as good as this guy. <laughs> like, there's yeah. just no way. And you yeah. know, singers and guitar players. I'm like, right. there's just no way. Like, I I can only reach a certain point. You yeah. know. Um, so that kind of uh, that attitude always kind of hit a, a little bit of a raw nerve with me because it was like, why, why can't you just support something that I yes. love? Let me hit my head yeah. against the wall. I want to get into that in a second. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. Let me hit my head against the wall on my own, but at least yeah. support me through it. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the same time, I was seeing like Brian, mm-hmm. he, uh, he was raised by his, by his grandparents, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they would come out to our gigs. They were very supportive. They yes. were very supportive of his music. He still ended up doing the same thing. You know, he mm-hmm. became a doctor. Right. Uh, he still plays, you know. Where does guitar. he live now? So he lives in New Orleans. Oh, okay, yeah. he does. Yeah, so okay. he's back in New Orleans. Um, but uh, so it was just, it was just, I was seeing that it was like, like a dichotomy. It's like, well, yeah. we're both here doing the same thing, but right. m- my parents aren't coming because yeah. they don't want to seem to be supporting this. Mm-hmm. Your parents are coming and supporting you through this. So, yeah. uh, keeping that in the back of my mind and me trying to say, okay, that's my parents trying to do the best job that they thought, you know, from, mm-hmm. from whatever vantage point they were looking at or whatever their perspective was. Right. So it's like, what is, well, my perspective would be, I think if, if my son and, and Danny, funny that you mentioned him, cause he mm-hmm. is the kind of the musician of the three. I didn't know that. I was yeah, just so guessing. He, Keith, 30, 33% he, chance. He, yeah. Keith, exactly. Keith, <laughs> Keith teaches him guitar. He's no actually, way. he's a, he's a, he's, he's a pretty good musician. Um, and he loves music. Yeah. He loves, loves music and he loves going to concerts and he, we've been to see Pearl Jam together and stuff. Oh, hell yeah. So, um, uh, so if if you were to tell me I want to perform in a band, I think I would see it more as like all the positives I've had from that, mm-hmm. the creative release, the yeah. adrenaline, the yes. rush, the the just enjoyment, the yeah. pure enjoyment I get out of playing live. I'm like, well, if he can if mm-hmm. he can have that for him, right? I would love that. Yeah. And and if he decides to make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's difficult, but yes. I, ultimately it's his choice. Yeah, you know? it's, I, it's his it's his life. And I agree with that. I just I always look at it of like I don't ever want to see somebody that I love down. And yeah. it, it just because yeah. there because there's been so and, many and you times. Know. Yeah. yeah, and there's yeah. so there's so many times where I mean, I get in my car after gigs and I'm just like punching the steering wheel or like crying or just upset. I'm like cussing something and then like but there's also the the lows of playing music for me 
are very rare, but they stick with me because they're so intense. Yeah. But the highs are like, I mean, they all blend together mm-hmm. because there's so many of them. Right. There's so many great moments. I'll, I'll never forget like being in the studio and hearing back your first full completed song and like looking at Keith and going like, holy fucking shit. I was yeah. like, I think this is pretty good. You're like, I did that. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, yeah we <laughs> yeah. did it out of nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's, the, yeah. that's the whole beauty of songs is that they start as nothing at all. Mm-hmm. They're nothing. It's not like a book where you just have like a story in mind. It's just like songs don't exist until they exist. Yeah. There's no inception of them. They, it's just, it, it, they can be built in so many different ways and so many different avenues can be taken to get to the final result. But there's something about hearing your first song. There's something about hearing your first applause. There's something about playing with somebody like Keith that just lifts you off the ground and just, is, just brings so much passion and energy and dedication to what he does. And, you know, the bar managers that would stick their neck out for you and kick people out that are bothering you or, like, give you, you know, that have given me money and time and 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 a spot during a a year where this has been the worst fucking time for musicians where they're they're like listen man we can't really do a lot for you but we're going to try we're going to try to help you out yeah. and do this and i i really appreciate that now i i love when i love when my friends do that and they're honest you know there's a whole different discussion about the bars that were doing that that can't afford it that ended up opting not to but you know like the the highs are so high and the lows for me were always so low, but there's not, it's, I mean, it's not even close. It's like yeah. a, it's, I mean. But you still wouldn't trade it. No, it. not at all. Yeah. Like ever. I mean, yeah. like, there's yeah. little moments and little pockets where like, even now I'm like, I'm older and older now and I'm mature enough to be like, even though this sucks in this moment, it's going to be a fucking hilarious story later on. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's, that that's my whole goal in life. I remember listening to like some of the best storytellers that I know are like my grandmother's my gra- my grandparents all four of them great storytellers my dad's a great storyteller i mean f- good friends in college were like the best storytellers and i would just i would remember hearing their stories and i would i would put myself in those situations and i would hurt me because i would be like oh my god that's so embarrassing or that, that's so bad and then i was like you know what if something like this happens to me this is what i'm going to do yeah. i'm going to turn it into something that i can tell sitting around you know having a drink watching some shit on TV, listening to some music, and be like, hey, did I ever tell you about this one? And then we go into it. And that's kind of what we're doing here. You know, like I, I, I've told stories on here that I've not really told uh, in this house before. You yeah. know, just little things where, uh, you know, people may be surprised to know about me or be surprised to know about the guests because, like, like, you have such a, you have such an interesting life story from, from the beginning to where you are now. And, like, I, I have so much... So much respect for that. And, like, yeah, you can touch all these bases and, like, being a dad, being a performer, being a doctor, and, like, all being great at all of them. I mean, I, I really – there's there's really not many other people like you, which is why I'm really stoked that uh, that you were the inaugural guest well, on here, you, potentially. That, that means a lot to but, me. But, yeah. Um, so I have a couple. I have a couple questions. We're going to get into like the, the little goofiness now that we've covered the the background. And I knew this was going to be a long episode going into it. And I'm okay with it. That's fine. If you want to skip, good, if you want to skip to beer, we got music. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So that's we, right. Good, man. If you want to skip around and get to the get to the discussion of the album, that's fine. But just know you've missed some very good stories. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you some bests and worsts. Okay? okay, or or you know, greatest and least kind okay. of thing. Okay, so can do you know? Do you remember? Um, like if you just had to spitball it, your best performance, something that you were like, this is, you got off stage, you're like, I fucking nailed this. <laughs> um, so 
I used to perform solo before I met Keith, and oh. and then we had our performances with uh, with my band in, mm-hmm. in in high school and college. My mm-hmm. best performance ever was with Cows and Heat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, so the, you guys try to pat Yeah. So uh, something you mentioned earlier about you know uh, our our ability to or or, or or like if you come see Keith and I play where I mm-hmm. can. I, I feel like I'm free to get up and move around and jump and just be yes. just get crazy with the music and yes. just kind of and, and just kind of really bring everything. Mm-hmm. I was never like that when I was playing solo. Um, yeah, me, so, I'm the same way there, too. It's a you're kind of constrained because you've got the guitar. B sometimes as a performer, I'm like I feel weird if I'm I'm the only guy up here and I'm like acting all crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then C there is something about just the creative energy that comes from just playing with somebody with Keith's talent that can understand you. Yeah, yeah. that understands you completely mm-hmm. and we've been playing together 7 years now yeah. and it, it's almost like he knows my next move, I know his next move. Yes. But I've gotten so comfortable in that uh as an entity. So like mm-hmm. when the two of us are playing together, it's almost like I, I've gotten so comfortable where I do feel like I, I could just do anything. Right. And and it and it's all inhibitions are out, all everything's out. I can mm-hmm. actually just perform, right. uh, give it a hundred percent, just do everything at the top. And it's not always gonna come out great. Yeah. But but it's gonna come out from the heart. And and exactly. which is I think more important. Exactly. But um with comfort comes confidence and like everything just takes off from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and so Keith and I it, it's funny, like there's several times recently where we'll finish a gig and I'll look at him and I'm like, I think that's the best gig we ever played. And it's it's yeah. it's a great feeling. I've where said that to him like you, seven yeah, times. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> He's getting better. It's yeah. like it's uh, like yeah. but I you said that last time, but I think this time was better. Yeah. Have we had nights that where I feel like, you know, I'm never going to say that Keith had an off night because he just hasn't. Um, no. There are nights where I have an off night yeah. um, or I make I make. I make mistakes every night, but mm. I make more mistakes than usual yes. or I'm not, or there's something I'm not quite feeling. And I'm, I, it's just, I'm having to dig extra deep to get it yes. out, you know? So there's, there's nights where, where I, where I struggle with that for sure. But, uh, man, just the last gig we played whistle stop. It was one of my favorite gigs I think we've ever played. Yeah. Um, the energy was there. The crowd energy was there. Mm-hmm. I think Keith played lights out. There were people that came up to us after and told us that, you know, when we did a live by Pearl Jam, which mm-hmm. eventually we'll talk about this yeah. record on the yeah. table. <laughs> um, they told us that was the best version of a live they'd ever heard wow. us play. And and I felt it and he felt it. I'm like, when we finished, really? I'm like, Damn. wasn't wasn't when I was doing it? <laughs> The fuck? Well, that was that. This was this was because it was the most, the most recent version. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. But I know, I know. But uh, but yeah. So you know, it, it's almost like every time we play, it feels yeah. like you you've you built on a foundation of yes. time. Yes. Um. Of you you just get more and more comfortable with each other. So I guess it is possible that with that evolution, yeah. Every time you play, it's just going to be a little bit of improvement from the previous time. Right. And, um, and he and I have only been playing together for not even two years yet. Is that right, Jazz? Which is crazy. Yeah, because because the chemistry I, you guys have as well when you wild. when you do your shows and when I, you, it, it is crazy. I've never I've never felt that way about somebody w- with music, and it's just it's just so crazy. And I met I met Jasmine like I think four or five days before I met Keith. Okay, the day I met Keith was how I met you. Okay, he just walked in and started playing music with me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's it. And yeah. those are like two of my you know. You guys are two of my uh, best friends right now, and not not only in the business, but just in general. Like I, I feel like we have such a yeah. such a such a good connection for it being such a short such period a short of, of time. time. It's yeah. so it's just crazy. 
because I think you know I think when when there's transparency when there's honesty you can you can you see that yeah. people see that yes uh, nobody likes a, a bullshit artist nobody likes a, a backstabber you know when you meet a guy like you um, when you perform. Uh, a, you're a phenomenal performer. Like your voice is amazing. Your guitar, your your ability I'm on the guitar is, um, is amazing. I'm still working on um, it. I'm uncomfortable. But you're just, you're <laughs> just a genuine guy. You're just a genuine guy. You're just I honest. Just, and, I try to be. I and, try to be. And and that and that kind of th- it's hard to find that. You know, it's hard to find yeah. that. So I, uh, I agree. And I I don't I don't. I, you know, I I always try to just be as honest as possible because you know my mom always was a big component in that she was like even if it embarrasses you even if it makes you feel like shit you have to fucking tell the truth yeah you have to you have to yeah. and not that's just not it's not in a in a sense of like you know um just general questions it's just being true to yourself like be Absolutely. honest about who you be, are as a musician exactly, you know exactly so, that's why I hate when people get pissed at me for playing a certain set. I'm like, dude, this is what I do. That's yeah. Don't be mad about this. Exactly. You hired me. Exactly. Like, you know what I play. Exactly. Don't don't be pissed if you don't get it, you know? Yeah. And I have no problem with people that play the sing-along stuff in the crowd. I say this all the time. I'm like, yeah. I, you guys have a set list that I would never touch, but you do it well. I don't. Yeah. Like, I, pl- I play other stuff that just kind of fits my, my mold better, but you guys, you guys do... An amazing version of you know like uh, journeys faithfully for yeah. example like I've done that a couple times but it's not it's not really my bag you know you guys do uh, what is it uh, uh, t- take me home country roads yeah I want and honestly it's a beautiful song it is it's just <laughs> not my thing yeah because if you're doing like a solo thing like me and I'm primarily solo I mean like Keith and I gig you know about once a month maybe sometimes twice but primarily what I do is I have to represent myself. Totally. As what I do, and I can't be like everybody else. Hi. No, absolutely. And I think I, I think some of that also comes back to w- what is your purpose of being on stage yes. in the first place? Because you have to have a purpose. There's got to be a reason you're there. Yes. We've talked about just like the, the adrenaline rush, how – like what you get out of it, mm-hmm. what you get out of it. But there's always a why. Why am I here? Why yes. am I doing this? Why yes. am I up here singing? Is yes. it do I just want the accolades? Do I want this? Do I want that? Do am I, I want to get laid? Yeah. <laughs> do I want to like, get laid? Do dude, I want to look like guys. Phil Collins and play guitar? Yeah, you know, right. with my shirt off, which yeah. isn't going to happen anytime soon. Those guys but, still exist, by the way. I had oh, a guy totally. come up we, to me and was Keith like, "Keith and I saw him a couple of years, like last year." Yeah. I, De- uh, I mean, Leopard, I no, mean, no, no. I was just talking about those guys that that play oh, for. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I, I got you. Yeah, yeah. But, the, people do that to me all the time. They're like, "Man, must be must be wild. Must get all the ladies." I'm like, it "Doesn't really work that way." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if I was a fucking DJ, then maybe. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, for yeah. the most part, they kind of peep their head in and go like, "Hey, he's pretty good." And then see ya. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that, yeah. That's it. But but so you have Nothing you have wild. to have a, you have to have a purpose for why you're there, and I think and your purpose is very different than my purpose, and that's and that's that's and your, it's not your wrong. Yeah, it's, it's not just, wrong. It's yeah. just you know so and then you know there, there's another key difference I think between yourself and and and, and myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a singer songwriter. You're yeah. putting out original material, and right. I have huge respect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the talent or the time for that. Like I've written some songs, they're not. Yeah, you have Great. a you I have a, a couple things a couple. going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you have a couple. When, so when 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 um when I was in a, in in the band with Brian, yes, Brian's a a, a very prolific songwriter. Songwriter. Oh, really? So we had a lot of originals, but I didn't write the music. I I mm-hmm. collaborated a little bit on the music. 
but I, I would write the lyrics. So I'd be like, okay, okay. I'm the singer. Okay. I'll write the lyrics. Okay. Um, but Brian would bring, you know, he he wrote some great songs mm-hmm. um, that we used to play in our set. Um, but uh, so what my purpose now is, you know what? I, I do just love getting out and playing. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a creative release. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, most most songs that are on on performing artists like yourself mm-hmm. no no list yeah. like i will never mm-hmm. you know fucking play wonderwall yeah which i still i hate that song i will play it for yeah. keith and yeah. keith alone because <laughs> uh he likes it there's so many songs um, i will only do with but, keith and he won't do free fall and i actually like free fall yeah. you know it's whatever uh, yeah. so but like we'll play, we'll play like the like the piano man and yeah and, yeah, uh, yeah oh and, that's another and, one and too the Neil yeah. Diamond um, yeah. Sweet Caroline Sweet Caroline and stuff Oof. and like yeah. yeah exactly so it's like most most people that are out performing they'll be like dude I wouldn't touch that song because it's uh, you know it's it because it because it, it doesn't do anything for you creatively exactly and you're out there to do creative things I say it all the time yeah. I'm like you want to hear that guess where else you can go to see that every other <laughs> fucking place yeah. In on this street tonight, <laughs> exactly. Every other place, I'm trying to stand out a little bit here, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a middle of the road white dude you're, playing you're, guitar. Like you're, I got you're doing your thing. <laughs> when you play covers, you always bring your own great spin to it. And you mentioned that earlier. We try to do the same thing. Like yes. we, we we try to be somewhat faithful to the original, but every time we play it, it's going to be a little bit it's different. Got to be different, and it's going to depend on yeah. how Keith's feeling that night, how I'm feeling that night, right. how the crowd is responding. Right. So we have to have that ability to kind of morph. Yes, um, a song to a certain situation, but I'll. I'll play the crowd pleasers because, like, to me, why am I up yeah. there? I'm, a, I'm, I'm just up here to sing and have a good time. Right. I'm not out here to really promote myself as a brand or, or put out a seat. Yeah, you know, doing my it for a art. fun time. I'm just doing yeah. it to have a fun time. Right, right. So, so my purpose is a little bit different, and I'm okay doing that. But I totally get, I totally get why most people will avoid certain songs in their set list, mm-hmm. and that's their creative decision. And that's right, right. And so, again, it's not wrong. It so, is, it is your show. Uh, yeah, you can do what you want, and that's what you have to remember too. Uh, okay, so piggybacking off of that, your least favorite song I'm picking up is is Wonderwall to play, not least favorite song and like to, uh, to, to listen to. What's to, what's the one play. you see on the set list? You're like shit, yeah, or I, or just something that you hear out and you're like, why are they doing this song? Yeah, like like Wonderwall. I, I just don't enjoy playing it. I'll play yeah. it if if. If again, if I if people want to hear it and they're out at our show and they're having mm-hmm. a good time and I'm like, you know what, we'll play yeah. it. Give uh, the people what they want. Give the people what they want. Yeah. I don't care. I'm just here to yeah. drink free beer and have a good time. Right. But um, <laughs> but uh, some places. But yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your tabs. Your tabs. Four dollars and eighty cents. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? <laughs> but uh, oh. but yeah. So I, I would probably put Wonderwall as like one of my least favorites. Okay. Say. So and then what's your favorite? You think? Man. Uh, I think from a... Is it a Pearl Jam song? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it'll depend on the night, mm-hmm. the mood I'm in. And it's and it's not like deep cuts or anything like mm-hmm. that. But there are nights where a live just connects. Uh, yeah. I mean, a, I love playing it. Yes. Uh, B, it's one of the first songs I ever played. So it's like, it's something that for me has always had very special kind of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's not a live, it's black. And um, okay. Black was another one of the first songs I ever learned. I ever, you know, I first started to play. Mm-hmm. And the and the funny thing about Black was, um, I could I could be at a party and and you know I this back when I was I don't know twenty one twenty two years old mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I could be at a party. I, my friends would always ask me to bring my guitar. And that was the other cool thing about not playing piano anymore. You can't bring a fucking piano to a party, but you can bring <laughs> your guitar. So mm-hmm. they'd always say, hey, bring your guitar. And, like, right. you know, the girls will be there and whatever. And yeah. we'll have a couple beers and we can sit around the fire and you can play some songs. Yeah. Um, 
doesn't matter how the party was going. If I mm-hmm. played black, it always made me feel a certain way. And there were times, you know, maybe a couple beers in, but there were times mm-hmm. I'd actually shed tears after singing black because one hundred percent. Just the <laughs> you'd get so into the lyrics. Yes. So into yes. the music and the vibe and the feel of that song. It and is. and you're just singing it and you forget that there are people there. Mm-hmm. You forget that there's people sitting around you. You forget that there's a whole party happening. Yes. yes. You are absolutely just transported. By the song, by the vocal melody, by the lyrics, yes, and there's the, and the lyrics are so insanely profound. I think so probably crazy. my favorite lyrics from this whole album come from that song. Yes, I agree. Um, I I agree with that. I was going to mention that too. And, and, I was going to cite that specifically. And, and there are nights where you know Keith will tell me how he wants us to play it if it's on the mm-hmm. set list. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's like, you know, I'll play my guitar and he plays mm-hmm. his and he does a beautiful solo. Yeah. Like, and it's always different, but right. he, he does a beautiful, beautiful solo uh, for Black. Other times he's like, you know what, I want you to just focus on the vocal melody mm-hmm. um, and I'm just going to play a nice little laid back sort of just very, uh, very quiet sort of rendition of Black right. that is much more emotional yes. and much more evocative. And, and we've yeah. had, I remember we did, a, we did a version of Black at Silver King probably a year or two ago mm-hmm. that um, it was just Keith on the guitar mm-hmm. and I just really laid into it. Eyes closed. Like I was just yep. in that Lock zone it in. and yep. just locked in that zone. Mm-hmm. And, and there were uh, a couple of people were actually crying when we finished. I'm like, well, Oof. thanks for coming to Sweet Lake gig. This that? is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, but, but it's like, uh, but there are times where that, that song, I, and I, and I don't know of a whole lot of other songs in our repertoire mm-hmm. or, or that we play that have really that hit ability, you like that. Mm-hmm. that have that capacity. Yeah. And it's because it takes you there, you yes. can take the crowd there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and if it doesn't do anything for you, then it shouldn't really do anything uh, for for the crowd. Right. You know, if, you, if they, they can smell it on you a mile away, man. Oh, a absolutely. crowd is a good judge of your enthusiasm, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I wear that on my sleeve, and I'm sensitive, and I'm, you know, I'm a fucking insecure, damaged musician. You know, when, some, when people say shit to me, you don't understand how many times I've heard this, you know, from not only people that I love and respect, but like, you know, me being in a situation where like you could say a certain word, like the raw nerve thing that you were talking about that I wanted to get back into is like there are things that people say that they don't know that they're upsetting me, but like it really fucking fires yeah. me up. Where yeah. like you say things and I'm like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. When the one of the one of the things that really fucks me up is when like you're playing a song like Black, a slower ballad song, and then they go, all right, let's pick up the oh, tempo. Yeah. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah. I blind with rage. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't yeah. see. I can't hear. I just start, like, whew, like, I, I, I can't move. Like, I just, I have, yeah. Yeah. I have a problem. So, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, but, but not but many things, not, not many things make me do that. It used to be everything. I was ready yeah. to do anything like that. I would get that rage, like, on the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Now, it only really comes when people are being profoundly stupid in public yeah. or when people are bothering me when I'm playing music. Yeah. That's it. Or when they're bothering my friends that are musicians. Like yeah. I, I went out to see a friend that was covering for me last Monday and they were like, can you have him turn it down? I was like, if he gets any quieter, he's not even going to be able to hear himself. Yeah. So I was just fucking with them and like yeah. messing with them. And like, cause I get so upset when people go out and they see music and they still sit down and they still go there and they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to sit, we're going to eat, but we will complain, just so you know. Like, yeah. oh, come on, man. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Go there's eat some, somewhere there's, else. There's other options. Yeah, there's I other know. Like, if you're going to be you. a dick like that, yeah. like, this guy's yeah. making money, man. He's trying, yeah. to, he's trying to feed himself. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. It's crazy. So, yeah. all right. So, I got, a, I got a couple more questions for you, and then we're going to take a quick break and then come back with this. 
with the with the album because I got to pee and we got to refill some beers. So, all right, uh, don't think, just say it. Favorite bourbon, best best bourbon. Eagle Rare. I mean, okay. it, just as far as a daily, like just yeah. a great bourbon that I love to drink. Eagle Rare. All right. Um, what is uh, what's the this one? You might have to think about it a little bit. Your your best vocal song that you think and like one that you see on the set and you're like, oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be tough. You know. So one that's 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 tough. So if if it's a higher register, so like just off the top of my head, if if we're gonna do you two where the mm. streets have no name, I was gonna mention that yeah. one because that you do that one up. I go yeah. way down for that. Yeah, and and yeah. It, and it gets loud. So Keith, that we'll have to have a mini conversation mm-hmm. when that one's in the set, mm-hmm. and he'll look at me and say, "Are we doing? This? Are we doing this?" Yeah. <laughs> and then based on the last two or three songs, I'll be yeah. like. My voice feels strong. Mm-hmm. We got this. Yeah. Or I'll be like, it's off the set for tonight. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I never want to half-ass it. And that's the other thing. It's yes. Like, Very um, true. Very if I'm going to sing that song, I want to. I want it to sound like I want it to sound. Yeah. And I want to hit the notes I want to hit. Right. Um, I don't want to kind of half-ass it. And that's a song that just – and towards the end, because it's so repetitive and you're hitting that note yes. again and again – there yes. are times where your chords are just like mm-hmm. you got to stop this, or yeah. I'm or I'm, a, or I'm right. just gonna gonna quit on you. So could that be your best and worst uh, in a way? In a not way, wor- yeah. Not worst, but just most best and it, most it, difficult. Best and most difficult, yeah. And and, and it's not a again. I'm, I'm not ta- I'm not claiming to be a great singer, so it's not like a vocally very challenging song. It's yeah. just the it's just the, the register range yeah, in the right. register. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but 41 is like that with me when we do it with, with the, when the day of tributes, for 41, I yeah. hit those two high notes. I'm like, sometimes I hit one, sometimes I hit both. Sometimes I hit none of them. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I have no idea. So it could be the best and worst point of the night, which is why Tom saves us with the sax. With the and sax. Comes, oh, yeah. Man. Thank God. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. The two, the, 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 that one for me is one of the hardest. And then we don't do this one often, but when we do silent lucidity, and and that one's more. Who the is that? Rain. That's Queensrÿche. Have I heard you guys do that? I don't think you have. I don't think so either. So we we don't do it often. We've done it recently for some reason. It's come up at least two or three times in the last few gigs. Um, but Jeff Tate a is impossible to mimic. Yeah. So again, you got to be like, okay, I, I'm not going to be Jeff Tate. I'm going to yeah. do this my way. Right. Um. But the the range in that song. Yeah. Because he's like from like the. Hush now, don't you like from yeah, the right. really low register all <laughs> yeah. the way to like the really kind of soaring yeah. vocals in the middle yeah. towards the end. Yeah. So it's like you got to be ready to go through a wide right. range, right? And then when you hit those highs, you got to hit those highs, right? Um, and I love that song. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest fears as a performer is like I don't want to massacre a song and make somebody like yes. angry at a song the, uh, and they don't like it anymore because you just butchered it. I'm you so know? glad you say that because that's my reasoning <laughs> for not playing certain songs of people that they like. They're like, "Come on, you know how to do it." I'm like, "I don't want to ruin it for you. I'm trying to help." <laughs> you because i know that it's not going to sound good i'm not doing this Uh, yeah help me help you okay (laughs) stop bothering me for this fucking song i i can't i can't do it i because i I will tell you right now and i won't mention them by name but there are people out there that sing and i'm not throwing anybody under the bus i mean it's you have to be self-aware as a musician i know i've done this for people Mm -hmm. hundreds of times I know that I know that there's people walking around this earth are going. Remember that guy we saw play at that place when we played that one song? I was like, "Fuck, I'll never listen to that again." Yeah, that's happened to me so many times <laughs> yeah. because it's just they play songs that they think they have to play. Yeah, and then they end up ruining it. They I'm ruin like, it. let they me play it. what I'm good at, yeah. and then I'll try to get there. You know, yeah. like it's it's a it's a process. It's a it's a whole process. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, uh, um, you know. 
it, it is great as a cover band if we're playing covers yes. to make a song your own. And mm-hmm. and a lot of the covers we play, we don't play in the original key, because mm-hmm. we, we want it to sound good. Yes, and you want it to sound like your and, own and we stuff. Want it to sound you like got to fit your it, own it's, register, it's gotta, right? It's got to fit my register. Right. So, um, you know, a, a lot of covers that we play will 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 adapt to my register, right. which is a little bit of a right because you're playing register. Queen and Johnny Cash in the same night. Like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like for all sure. you know, it's all yeah. over the place. So yeah. you're not going to play in the same. So, yeah. So we we adapt it to my register so that it sounds good. But when people are asking you and the, the one that comes up all the damn time because of the era of music that we play because of the style of music that we play people mm-hmm. assume that you can think you can sing anything from yep. that era yep and we get people come up and like oh sing bon jovi i can't sing john bon jovi yeah, i just I, cannot i know i love i, can't I love bon jovi i, can't I will never ever hit a bon jovi note ever nope. in my life you know who else can't hit john bon jovi notes john, john bon, bon jovi, jovi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah holy shit yeah uh, that guy yeah. somebody needs to check on him <laughs> yeah. because Oof, that rock yeah. and roll induction ceremony was insane, but I, yeah. I totally get it. I get that all the time, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God, what do you want me to do, man? I'm like, yeah. I'm going to ruin like, it for you. I'm like, no, but you got to be – you sang this song. You should be able – I'm like, that doesn't work that way. You yeah. know, it's, it, my voice is what it is. and Yes, and exactly. It is It is what it is, and just yeah. – you got to just – Yeah. you got to just – and if you, you don't know, mind, we've got like yeah. five right. more songs we're about to play for <laughs> yeah, you, so right. can you scooch? <laughs> scooch! <laughs> All right, uh, one more, one more best and worst before we take a quick break, and then we'll get into uh, uh, the we'll get into Pearl Jam's ten um, best person to play music alongside. Ready, one, two, three. No, Keith Schwear. Keith Schwear. Okay. Yeah, All yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a short break. Down the breeze hides me from what I can't see. 